Welcome to the Shelf Warmers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, and their connection to bigger topics. I'm your co-host Sugu, and tonight we're going to talk about platforms and branding yourself. I'm your co-host Darby, and yay, capitalism! Why am I crying? <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> Tears. I need all these dollar bills to wipe my tears. Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, a freelance writer and editor and an independent author. Publishers Weekly called my novel Ever the Hero an entertaining debut, which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics and an alternate America. You can find more information about me and my books at DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter at DarbyHarn. And I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Tonight, we're going to talk about the future. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So basically, with the new internet um, and with the new decisions shall we say that many of these uh giant tech companies are making uh it's changing the it's changing the field it's changing the entire industry well not the industry it's changing every industry um and darby you're feeling the pinch most acutely in independent publishing uh so why don't you get started and tell us how what is happening in the platforming world, and how is that affecting independent publishing? Well, we've talked about Twitter on the pod. I think Twitter is the one is the biggest pain point for everybody because of the utter uh, destruction that's been visited upon it by Elon Musk. Um, it continues to be a site which is just devolving rapidly um, just from its standards and practices and just its function just as function. So that's a big thing. And, and Twitter is has been to this point my primary marketing tool and also my most preferred platform because I'm a writer and Twitter is just writing. And it's the most, for me, it's been to this stage, I've been on Twitter since 2011. It's been mm-hmm. the most sort of, uh, just sort of natural one for me. Um, and so to see it deteriorate as rapidly and it, 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 it's been it, it's been frustrating and it's been disappointing because it uh, I've been part I've you know people aren't using it anymore people have left the platform communities have been isolated communities have been split and broken and then I'm still there uh, you sort of realize that you can see the writing on the wall but um, that leads you to that leads you to sort of um, consider your options, and so on that front, uh, as we get into that, I've got a couple housekeeping things that kind of somewhat tangentially have to do with that. Um, so, um, first thing I'll mention is I've mentioned before, uh, and I'm probably going to be keep mentioning is my newsletter. 
uh, the best way, given what's happening with Twitter, uh, the best way to keep up to date with me is to um, sign up to my newsletter if you're interested. Um, you're going to get a free exclusive story. You're going to get a uh, prequel novella to Stargun Messenger, my novel. Uh, it's exclusive to subscribers. Uh, you're going to get updates on um, all my writing, including um, you're maybe so hopefully some of you are curious about my next book, which uh, and some of you are curious about Eververse Book 4, which I feel like I've been talking about for a while. Um, you're going to get updates uh, in the newsletter about that. And especially, I'm going to be running a Kickstarter for Eververse Book 4 in the fall. More to come on that. So do that. Um, and that's where you'll also find out about my upcoming appearances. So I got a couple of those to rattle off real quick. Uh, I will be signing books at Barnes & Noble in uh, Jordan Creek Mall, Des Moines, Iowa on July... 28th uh 5 hey, to 7 cool. p.m congratulations come see me thank you come see me i'd love to see you i will be at uh quadcon comic book convention at college square mall cedar falls iowa july 30th mall hours i think 12 to 6 uh that day come see me i'd love to see you i will be doing a signing and uh book talk at beaverdale books in des moines iowa august 24th 6 30 p.m come see me if you are in the area if you would uh, like me to uh, or like me like to come see me uh get get a book get have me sign it i'd love to see it. more stuff to come as we get into the fall but those are coming up in the immediate um you can find all that out in the newsletter you can find it all out in the social media but the social media is um <laughs> in flux right. So, so I got a question. Um, um, yeah. When you're doing, when you're at the bookstores, that should be fairly obvious. The the um, the storefront is a lot smaller, or they might even have a dedicated venue. When you're at the mall in Cedar Falls, where are you going to be? Um, the quad cons are set up. Uh, this mall, College Square, sadly, like most malls, is empty, empty ish. Mm -hmm. Uh, the QuadCon sort of sets up sort of like a typical comic book convention with the tables and booths like in the mall interior. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know exactly where I'll be, but I'll be at a booth within College Square Mall. And you can come see me and it'll be very similar to Des Moines Con where you can come up to the table and I'll have my books and I'll be selling them and signing them. Uh, and I will be doing more of more of those shows later as we get into the fall. Any exclusives or uh, like limited things for only that, only your, I don't know, pop-up shops? Um, if I still have them at when we get to the end of July, I will have, I had a few copies. We talked about this on one of the recent pods. Um, I, I have a few, just a few copies left over of the Stargun Messenger exclusive variant cover from Des Moines Con. And if I still have them as of uh, College Square, I will have them on hand, um, and you can buy them. And so, but I so um, beyond that, no. But there'll be a lot to come as far as how some you know some special things having to do with Eververse Book Four go that in the Kickstarter 
and then going into next year that I'm very excited about. I'm really excited to share. And I want that to be successful and I want to share it with people and I want people to share it. And that's why the, the, um, the disintegration of Twitter has been so such a bummer because mm-hmm. Twitter has been the best way for me as, like I said, it's been the most natural best fit for me as like a writer. And then on the marketing side of it, it's been the best, most natural platform as opposed to the other ones. We've talked about this elsewhere on the pod. Facebook and Instagram don't quite work the same way in terms of that. And I've met so many people. I've connected with so many people, authors, um, all, all, all sorts of people, um, readers, most importantly, who discover you. And we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but there's sort of this um, uh, sort of idea amongst independent authors that social media and that Twitter does not sell books. So what, what does it matter? Why are you on there? That's not true in my experience. And, and I can, that I can speak to that from just yesterday. Um, yesterday, uh, the, uh, self, the self-publishing science fiction contest, whichever the hero has been part of, they sort of, you know, they're always boosting independent authors and people like that. And so they, they boosted a tweet of mine regarding Stargun Messenger. And I sold immediately following that, I sold copies of Stargun Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens fairly routinely. Uh, for me, uh, you're, you're not becoming a bestseller off of that, but what are you doing? You're selling copies and you're, you're finding new readers and some of those people hang around. Um, you know, some of those people want to know what you're up to next. And, um, and some of those people become, you know, just, you know, they leave kind reviews and then they, they shared, you know, people will email me. Someone emailed me last week, very kind. Um, I got actually super really quick. So I didn't nothing to do with what we're talking about i the most random thing um i got an email uh last week from a french grad student working on his master's in anger and for his thesis for his master's he needs to translate a novel from english into french oh wow and he is okay. going for his master's thesis He's going to translate a country of eternal light, my novel. Oh, cool! Like, right? Like, I mean, hey, congratulations! That's awesome. It's just very cool. Very cool. Sort of like, you know, okay, but like, um, yeah. very, very, very sweet, very nice. You know, um, I've I've met so many great people. I've met with Twitter was once upon a time a great fun interactive part of uh, my day I interacted with other people um, a lot of those people have left mm-hmm. um, they've left the platform altogether they maybe have gone to other ones or they've they, they've just left and and that includes Al Hess author of world running down um, and the uh, the artist behind the covers of my books and it's just not the same place it's a it, it's 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 a huge bummer I feel like uh, lately, I feel like it had become solely marketing from me. So all my tweets were basically just sort of, you know, speaking to things that were going on relative to the books, Stargun Messenger. So I've tried 
recently just to get back to more sort of normal quote-unquote normal Mm -hmm. um the standard community building stuff well just just sort of sharing and and not not so much just a wallpaper of buy my book or whatever Mm, okay. Um. And uh, I I want to get to I want to get to know people. I have gotten to know people. My ed, the 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 irony is is that since all this has happened with Twitter, uh, my followers have gone way up, and I have met new people and I have interacted with new people. And Stargate Messenger has been a huge driver in new people. Um. So it still functions on that level, which is one reason I haven't abandoned it myself. Um. Mm-hmm. There are days that I want to, and I understand eventually I probably will have to. Um, it will, it one, it'll become untenable to be there, or two, it will just stop functioning. Um, which is why I'm really driving people towards the newsletter and finding me elsewhere and, and divesting. Um, because as an independent author, it's you're an you're an independent author, but you are dependent upon. Um, the, these big the giant infrastructure platform. the infrastructure and the thing the, the lesson i've learned from other authors is to um to make your and other independent artists is uh to make yourself as truly independent as you possibly can and that is that 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 involves a couple different things that maybe we can talk about but um, isn't necessarily moving to a different platform and certainly not chasing these platforms that are sort of bubbling up in, in recent months. Um, you know, whether it's Mastodon or something like that, and everybody's like, well, we're moving to Mastodon, and then you never hear about it again. Um, well, you know, to that, that, uh, that comes up, well, not to get overly political, but one of the things that Elizabeth Warren has famously said is um, everything that these major massive companies are built on everything is built on a society that allows them to build their wealth their shipping is all on roads that are publicly funded it's like everything uses society and it goes back to one thing that i was saying earlier is that economic theory of no no one per or not economic theory economic realization that no one person can build a pencil as as simple as a pencil is even that requires an infrastructure beneath it um and so like when you are when you're dependent on these platforms it's also up to the platform's responsibility to maintain itself in a responsible way and Twitter <laughs> specifically has not done that, right? Like, it's not. And now no. Reddit, as of as of today, Reddit is also on the cusp of upending itself. Yeah, you have you have these huge platforms which are which have spent their entire lifetimes building these communities and building um, users. And then, then dismantle it to try to exploit them for profit. And what Twitter has found is, is that that doesn't work. And it's become the blowhorn of a racist transphobe. Um, Reddit, I know less about. Um, but it's the same basic problem that's going on in Reddit right now, which is um, 
this introduction, uh, this basic fundamental shift in the, in the operation of it that's led to people protesting and, and in the case of Reddit, um, sort of a strike more or less is the way I understood it. And then also uh, migrating to elsewhere. Um, it's sort of that sort of in progress as we speak with Reddit. Um, Twitter is just Twitter is just the slow bleed. It's just shedding mm -hmm. users. It's shedding functionality. It's devolving into um, a bunch of people paying to be racists online. Um, it'll eventually. Um, it'll eventually, I think, just sort of collapse and it will be replaced and by someone else will come up with a Twitter that is basically the old Twitter um, that people will eventually probably decamp to. They're decamping to other things, uh, Mastodon, Blue Sky. Um, mm -hmm. There's other ones. Um, these don't appear to be, you know, they, they, they're sexy for a minute. And then people sort of lose interest and in, they don't have the same functionality. They don't have the same community. They don't have the same sort of, um, to my understanding, I haven't done any of these. Um, so I'm, I'm not an expert on how they work, but from people who yeah. have, they, they just, you know, they're not, they're not working out basically. Well, let's talk about that for a little bit because you know, that, that is part of my job is to pay attention to the it part and then how to, teach students uh kind of some of these changes so i can tell you a little mm -hmm. bit more about what's going on or what's what is happening um basically the trend now in social media is to go to these what's called federated spaces and what that means is and this gets really strange conceptually um they're all these separate cells that don't actually communicate with each other. The advantage from a tech point of view is that it's decentralized, completely decentralized, which means no one person or no one entity is in charge of it, which means it's, it can't be taken down. So in terms of comparing it to Twitter and Elon Musk, you're now protected from that ever happening to Mastodon or Blue Sky, right? It's just not. The way that's set up isn't going to work. The flip side well, of that. Can I just say real quick, what what Musk is doing in effect is to turn Twitter into a federated space. He's turning it into this right-wing bro space, yeah, which is no, just siloed onto itself. Right, but that's not federated. Uh, that's not a federated space. That is, he's literally turning it into a right wing safe haven. Um, but by but federated space, I mean like what? Well, with with Mastodon, what's happening is you have all these separate servers that are that are using the Mastodon platform, but all of those servers don't talk to each other. So if I create a account on one Mastodon server, I am I cannot interact with another server. So I've created an account on, say, for example, I've created an account on a uh, foreigners living in Japan uh, Mastodon server. It's great. I can meet people who live in Japan. Cool. That's a community. However, 
using that account does not connect me to the global education Mastodon server or teachers. I have to create a whole new account just for those. So you're right in that everything is becoming siloed. And so it's all under this Mastodon banner, but because it's decentralized, no one talks to each other. And for the average user trying to create 30 different accounts for 30 different interests, I mean, all with their own separate password, all with their own separate different like username like that. Right. It's it, it's the it's ludicrous on, on the face of it. And, and the beauty of classical Twitter, if there was any beauty to it at all, was that was its potential was to interact with people from all over the world in any in any walk of life. And you could wander into a thread, into a, 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 a retweet, anything like that, that would introduce you to someone new and entirely different mm-hmm. experience. Which is why Musk is doing what he's doing in the dismantling of Twitter, because Twitter was truly the public square, mm-hmm. and global. It the it the global public square and its potential to bring the world together into whatever was happening and its and its function. We talked about this somewhere on the pod. Its ability to bring you down to the, to the street as something is happening to introduce you to the perspective of people on the ground and people's perspectives and and experiences are not yours. And then to mobilize is truly unique in Twitter. And Twitter has changed the world. Twitter has played the role in in the way the last 15 years played out in in several ways, the Arab Spring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, George Floyd, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason that Musk is dismantling Twitter isn't because he just woke up one day and wanted to do it. It's because the, its ability to democratize, to promote and platform disadvantaged people has been unrivaled perhaps, perhaps in human history. That's why that's happening right now. And so what Mastodon is interesting because you can silo and you could meet people, you can meet people within your group, but it's siloed and you can't cross pollinate. Mm-hmm. And so that to me, just as I have lots of different interests, so comic books, and I'm sort of in comic book, sort of little um, communities on Twitter and movies and music and writing and publishing and all these different things. If those are all different things, one, I, I don't have it in my in my brain pan to be able to have six or seven or 16 or 17 different passwords and usernames and things like that. And I also don't have the energy to be doing any shit like that. So... And then, you know, and then if you are using it, in my case and in many other people's cases, as any kind of marketing tool, your ability to, to broadcast and, and to reach and things like that and, and that kind of thing is pretty limited unless your niche is such that, you know, that, that pays off for you, um, you know, whatever it could be. Yeah. And I just want to I, I just want to bring up the um, the issue as well of like so from an IT point of view, it's not great or it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but IT professional, right? They often talk about how you should not use the same password over and over. You should not reuse the password, right? 
That is correct. You should have a unique password. And in fact, it's gotten so crazy that the major tech companies are all trying different ways to get away from passwords in general. Apple is trying keychain or has been trying keychain, but they're making improvements on it. Microsoft is trying Windows Hello to try and get away from passwords. Even Google is jumping on and trying to get away from passwords, right? So passwords are the bane of modern internet usage existence. But if you're expected to create a Mastodon instance per server, which uses its own unique password, while the IT safety recommendations is it must be a unique password, but to do all that for each interest is untenable for most people. So what's going to end up happening is people are just going to use the same password over and over because of course they will. You can't manage all of right. that. I created two or three instances on Mastodon and I got tired of it. Right. Right. So you're you're just at some point you're you're just not going to want to engage and put in the effort to maintain something like that because it's supposed to be fun it's supposed right. to be rewarding and then it, it becomes work and um twitter has become work i think I, I can't remember now if i said it on the pod or i think i did um there there came a point where it was like i felt like everything i was doing on twitter was just um a the job. self-promotion Part of- yeah the job and I don't like those accounts. And so I didn't like that. And so I've really focused on trying just to be me. But it's just crickets. It's just crickets now. And there's nobody, you know, it's just, it feels very lonely. I, the worst part of all this is the loss of the communities and the disruption in the communities, the loss of people who have left the platform. Charlie Jane Anders just the other day left Twitter. You know, she's done. Um, you know, one of the great things about Twitter was going on Twitter and then following writers and artists you admire and being the beneficiary of of basically having a seat at the table to listen to them as they talk about their life, their art, their craft, their perspective on anything that's happening. I mean, I still remember in the early days of Twitter, you sent me a message you were super excited about because you had a private conversation with Sinead O'Connor. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, and I've had conversations with people on Twitter. Uh, David Mitchell, Kelly Link, uh, Mark Hamill, um, on and on. Um, and it's, it's so many people have because these people are on Twitter and they're interactive to one, you know, some people more than others. Um, Sinead was soliciting husbands. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, at the time, uh, you know, you, you can't not uh, take the opportunity, right? And it's it's just so completely different now, and it's just so and people are so they're leaving, they're being super protective, and that's what I've been doing. I've been very protective of myself, so I I had limited it to just sort of work stuff, and then that felt like a little bit stale for me it, it just wasn't exactly what i wanted to do but you don't want to expose yourself you don't want to put yourself out there either and um your support system is by and large gone because those people those people have left um or they're just not active anymore 
and it, it's very demoralizing for me personally. And it's a Twitter has been a great way for me to meet people and interact with people um, who um, aren't physically present. They're not local. Um, you meet people from all over the world, you know, and just di completely different walks of life. And you get exposed to like such new things and you learn and and at least opportunities, at le you know, and, you know, and, and like I said, and that's not just like sales, like book sales. That's just, you know, meeting people who are like, you know, well, come on my pod or or, you know, have you ever heard of this or that or, you know, um, and it's it's just, you know it's it's all twitter's always been a platform for everyone's anxieties but it was also a place to put uh, to communicate and to learn and to grow and to to highlight to spotlight injustices and these days it feels like it's only serving the anxieties and that's everybody's anxieties everybody that's on there is is an anxious about something um mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I just, I know the writings on the wall. I know that Twitter is going the way of the dodo. So I'll probably, I'll probably hold on until the end. I've got people trying to talk me off of it. And, um, uh, that's, but, but, and that's one reason I've been pushing the newsletter so much is, you know, maybe people are tired of hearing that too, but it's really directly if you are interested genuinely interested in me and my writing it's the best way for people to interact with me directly and then it's learning how to get better at that and it's also pushing towards the sort of idea of being multi-platform which is something that i'm just now starting to do you can't be any one thing i'm learning as a as an independent writer artist uh you can't be solely on social media so now I'm starting to do, um, we also had this little thing, the pandemic there, which wasn't a problem, but I'm starting to do sort of the in-person stuff. That's one part of it. Um, the Kickstarter will be another part of it in terms of being out there and finding a new audience, a new platform, which Kickstarter functions as its own social platform in a weird way that I, I'm learning more about every day. And then just kind of keep growing and, and not diversifying in the sense of being, uh, you know, so when one part of it falls down or gets disrupted, you're not completely, you just don't collapse. So, mm -hmm. um, and also just from, just from a, anybody in marketing will tell you that you have to be, you have to be everywhere. And so I'm, I'm constantly educating myself on marketing because it's, it's the most challenging part of the whole thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and Twitter was free advertising. And it still is for me. You can pay for it now. I'm never going to pay for Twitter. So sorry, Elon. Um, but um, it still is free advertising for me. But it's increased the cost. There are costs. And that's increasingly the, the, the disruption and the uh, the loss of community and support. So yeah. yeah, hopefully people listening to the pod, hopefully people seeing me at shows, uh, the newsletter, maybe people will find me on Kickstarter and maybe, you know, just kind of keep growing following the model some very successful people who mm -hmm. know what they're doing and know what they're talking about and hopefully that kind of continues and maybe uh, Twitter sorts out doubt it doubt it uh, a couple things I want to point out one just for completion's sake how does someone subscribe to your newsletter I've been including a link lately uh, in the description of the podcast 
So you can click on it through there. And then um, also my website, darbyharn.com, if you go there uh, and click on subscribe, or there'll be a little pop-up that which will prompt you to do it. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's the, like I said, it's the best way to find out about what I'm doing and what's next. And, um, and it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a natural, I've been very behind on the newsletter. I was having a conversation with an author, um, recently, and, um, we were both kind of behind in sort of the newsletter sort of thing. And, and, and what's happening at Twitter and social media has forced us to kind of become more, engaged in it and uh the newsletter i've been told since the beginning and i didn't put the effort in uh but the newsletter um is the the way to not only engage with your audience and to communicate with your audience but but to grow your business mm-hmm. and it's to federated spaces you create you're making your own federated space Mm -hmm. uh people call it different things mary spender calls it um uh, your true fans um you know getting your 1000 true fans um Mm. it's the same concept it's 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 creating an audience it's curating an audience which is interested in you for whatever reason knock on wood thank god people are, are find the books interesting and getting them direct to you they can communicate direct with me they can buy direct from me and then divesting yourself from the platform some from social being completely reliant on social media completely reliant on amazon as 99.9 percent of independent author, authors are excuse me um just being available being you know being multimodal mm-hmm. um and that that's challenging and that's hard it's also unfortunately necessary given the circumstances and you know one thing independent authors live in fear of is that amazon wakes up tomorrow like twitter did and they decide to change everything as well you know well so yeah so that brings up uh two two other things points that i wanted to bring up you you mentioned the arab spring enjoyed george floyd earlier uh look the reality seems to be that whenever a platform comes up and it's being used for left-wing progressive ideas or to actually cause progressive revolutions, that's when the big clampdown happens to, to actively turn it into right-wing spaces. Uh, you see it everywhere. Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, like it's just every time something has been used to to enact progressive politics uh yeah yeah we're in the middle of a right wing uh reprisal mm-hmm. against the proliferation of social media um this happened and this has happened in every media that's ever been uh, mm-hmm. It's why the Fox News is the result of uh, cable. Uh, the yeah, Advent talk cable radio and talk radio and the diversification of voices in those spaces. Because all of a sudden you went from three networks and three perspective or really one perspective, right? To all of a sudden you had a diversity of, of uh, uh, voices and perspectives that just increasingly diversified as we've gotten into the 21st century. But mm-hmm. the advent, but but creating a federated space. Fox News is a federated space. If there ever was one, 
those people are living in their own reality. <laughs> yeah, they see, don't, I, would, I wouldn't know. call that federated space. I would call that an echo chamber or a siloed bubble. Uh, to to me to me they're the, the, in the in in the main they're all functionally the same they're closed spaces let's call them mm-hmm. right that aren't speaking necessarily some of them can and do but they're not speaking necessarily to outside to other spaces and that can be positive you can have like you were talking about a mastodon where you have um, expats or, or things like that. And you can, you can find this community, which not doesn't really exist anywhere else, but it's curated. And so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily going on Twitter and being like, I wonder if there are other expats, which is just throwing darts at a board when you're blindfolded. Well, Mastodon, you go on there and you find that. So that's great. In the worst version of that, you have what's happening to Twitter, which is the, de- the devolution of it into a closed space that's just a bunch of mm-hmm. uh you know crybaby incels screaming at each other which is just fox news and so the worst part of that is that they're not they're just this is why twitter eventually this concept of twitter as it's presented will fail because the only the only way that the, that this politic and this this uh disease that that's infected infected the right wing here in the states at least um and it's not exclusive to here um, the only way it works is to have is to have somebody to yell at. And so if you drive, you know, they're trying to destroy, they're trying to destroy a platform and a, a microphone uh, for the left. And he's doing it. He's doing it as we speak. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the end result will be this carcass of just the same people who are all yelling at each other because the people that they're angry at have gone. And they will those people who have migrated and left, they will end up in another platform where they're speaking only to themselves. Possibly I, that I, you know, like I said, I personally, I don't necessarily think that's great. I think, like I said, I think that the great thing about Twitter is its ability to broadcast. Um, I, I echo chambers in any case, in any case are, I, I are unhealthy. And so when it comes to the political side of it, um, so that's my concern is, you know, is those kinds of things. I, I prefer just, I prefer big open spaces. And that means sometimes you got to put up with things you don't like, but you, you're, you're an adult. You can ignore it. You can block them, what, whatever the case is. You don't have to follow certain people. What I don't like about Twitter now is that because Elon is so, in, is so insecure, he's broad, he's, Twitter is just ads now it's just it's just promoting the these absolute bottom of the barrel pieces of you know you know it's basically just a one of those sort of late night infomercials for the my pillow guy mm-hmm. and it's like it's a real real shame um it's a, it was a company that was uh a platform i should say that i i think had real social value for all of its faults and all of its problems uh, that is being just torn asunder. Um, but I do believe there's value in everybody having a place to come together and to debate and to, to challenge each other and to be introduced to ideas that are outside your experience and having, you know, having your eyes opened. But we're also living in a moment where information is the primary uh, weapon and it is uh, weaponized 
and uh, so there's we're, we're living as much as this is the information age that the information age this is the disinformation age mm-hmm and you see that play out with obviously with Fox News and uh, and Twitter and, and any platform in which people present, curate, manipulate uh, to one extent or another. Um, we were kind of talking before we started recording about success and perceptions of success. I often think about that in terms of what people present online. Um, but that that goes from just some someone being like, you know, taking a you know taking a selfie themselves like living my best life you know meanwhile they're you know they're sort of like they're not they're you know they're miserable their and yeah death. yeah and then that and that extends to things like um you know in the macro and the, the the geopolitical sphere of just truly awful shit so it's vast it's complicated what can one person do about any of it you can just you can decentralize yourself which i think is what you're saying don't you know don't centralize you know you know there's beauty in decentralization there's value in decentralization and then be you know be multi-platform be multimodal um uh um maybe not 16 or 17 passwords in a different accounts but just you know uh, don't be tethered to one thing and so it's Mm -hmm. just probably good it's painful it's probably good to not be completely tethered to twitter yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like ultimately, you've got to. Well, I guess, I guess we might as well mention this. Um, there's a a new wisecrack video that just came out that kind of talked about it. Uh, why everything sucks, I think, is the title. <laughs> um, and he talks about why does everything Corey... suck? Yeah. And he talks about uh, what Cory Doctorow said, uh, talked about in his book, or mm-hmm. introduced in his book. I'm not a fan of the word itself that he used to, that he created, but uh, I guess it is what it is. Uh, the word is enshittification. But basically, yeah. uh, I, to me, this is just entropy. It's not really, it doesn't need a new word. It's, it's entropy. But the difference uh, is... I disagree. Right, the, because entropy is a natural state, right? Whereas yes. what's happening actually... So this video talks about it, and I agree with it, which is why I kind of changed my own mind. But um, the so what's happening is these platforms will come in and they'll create a platform for their users so the users will come they'll create communities out of it uh and they'll kind of make it thriving then at that point the platform switches focus to investors they want to use the users the users become the product and they want to take that to investors and try to get money uh, to get more money to keep it running Right. Part of that makes sense because as as a platform gets bigger, it needs a lot more server compute time. You just your costs go up. Like that's part yeah. of that is reasonable. However, what ends up happening is because your focus is now on the business investors and creating money and therefore value, you no longer are worried about the users as much, the ones who built the community. Then, after you get yep. the investors to come in, 
then the next step is you focus on the, I think the stakeholders, the shareholders. So even bigger than the investors, right? Like the ones that are actually owning the company or having a, a much more vested interest in it. And that's the point where things really start to collapse in on itself because those people do not care about the community, do not care about anything. They're only interested in the money, the value of it. And the problem is, as we saw with GameStop, sometimes people will actually try to make money from a thing imploding. Yes, this happens all the time. Right, the short sales. Yeah, this happened with the Toys R Us here in the states. Okay, really? They were short. They were short selling it, and that caused this demise. It's that that was the primary driver. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so um, that's happening, and it just kind of happens on this cycle with every, especially in the tech industry, where it's constantly. I mean, we've said it before in previous episodes. You're trying to gain infinite growth out of finite resources. Yeah, and the great, the great thing about all of this is that, and we talked about also, is the democratization of art, and and all of this has, has allowed you to do this. It's a you know, Twitter, Amazon. People hate Amazon, and they're 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 angry at Amazon for a lot of reasons. Amazon almost single-handedly has democratized the the ability for independent authors to reach the world. Mm-hmm. And so, but they also are ninety-nine percent of the market. So they've they have a stranglehold on it to the point where if they decide to go the way of Twitter and just change it or alter any aspect of it the consequences of that would be disastrous um well to take it one step did... further and to keep mm-hmm. you awake at night in in its own way amazon runs over 50 percent of the web the entire internet exactly. of the entire internet how many billions yeah. of web pages how many searches and how many ways yeah. Are you using the internet? Not just web pages, but like internet banking and the the deep web or the dark web and all that stuff. All of it that runs on the internet, over 50% runs on what's called Amazon Web Services, which is the backbone yeah. of the internet. And that's it, all Amazon. Any, monopolies are, are not healthy. They're inherently bad. Um, they serve only themselves. And so you can you have benevolent monopolies, which which lead to things like Amazon creating basically this sort of space and, and this uh, this uh, opportunity for people, for authors to not to not just reach audiences, but to create in ways that they never could. Is that is that is that a positive? That's a positive in the world. Does it come with a lot of negative things? It does, because you then you're you're just attached to it. So you have to, I think the lesson that I'm learning and I think so many people are learning is, as I said before, is, is to, you, you have to be multi-platform and that means maybe going back to something which is old fashioned, which is sort of hand selling books. And I've had a couple of people ask me like, why are, why are you doing this at like the, the conventions and everything? 
One is, is I wanted to see if I could do it. Um, you know, it was something I'd been curious about for a long time. It's also, I was not able to do it for a long time for a variety of reasons that don't really matter right now. Um, and also it's because it's another way for me to introduce myself and to find readers and to grow an audience, which isn't dependent upon these other things. Mm-hmm. And I, you, I think if you're truly invested in doing what I'm doing or whatever your, your, your passion or your, your art or your business is, you have to do that. You have to be, you, you have to be multi-platform essentially mm-hmm. these days because you can't, you can't be vulnerable to any sort of shifts in the landscape to what, whatever, whatever it is. It, Cause if you are, you'll do it, it, it'll all just fold up. And so, and this happens occasionally, um, not just with Twitter, but sometimes with Amazon, like Amazon, I, I don't know all the ins and, in, ins and outs of this, so I, I want to put a caveat there. But, you know, like recently there's been a rash of sort of people sort of complaining about authors complaining about Amazon, like closing their uh, KDP accounts for various reasons. And some of it has to do, I think, with uh, pen names and things like that. And I, sometimes I wonder if there's not maybe something else going on there. But you are victim to that. If Amazon decides just to be, I'm going to take your books down off the website, they're off the website. And then, you know what I mean? And then you're, you're gone. Yeah. There's another, uh, example that I just came across today, actually, um, along those lines, which is there's a YouTuber named, uh, Louis Rossman or Louis Rossman. He's been Mm -hmm. big on the right to repair, uh, on the right to repair circuit. He's gone and testified yeah. uh, for various uh, Congresses. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of him? No. Okay. So he got his start on YouTube, I think, uh, doing a lot of Mac repair, like actually Mac chip repair, where he will mm-hmm. order the chips uh, like from a reseller and solder the chips onto Mac boards and repair these Apple computers uh, for their customers or for his customers. Great. So right to repair is now a big thing in his world. And are you familiar with right to repair? Mm -hmm. I live in Iowa. Yes. (laughs) Okay. John Deere, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, there came about, well, basically, so as he's building his channel, People kept asking him what uh, tools he uses to repair the, his computers. Well, what he what he did is he just created an Amazon affiliate link for all the tools. So every tool he uses, he just created an Amazon link, chucks it onto the description of his YouTube video, and goes on on his merry way. According to him, he said he's not dependent on the Amazon affiliate links. It's only a couple hundred dollars, I think, a month uh, compared to everything else he makes. So (laughs) it's not a big part of his business deal. Recently, something came out with uh, the Amazon Echo or Alexa. I'm not entirely sure which one, but one of the devices that Amazon came out turned out it had some uh, racist undertones. 
I don't know the full details of it, but uh, it's the programming has got some racism built in. Kind of like when AP, uh, when HP made their webcams that would not detect black people's faces, but could only detect white people's faces. Jesus Christ. Yep. So when people say that math or computers are racist or algorithms are racist, this is the type of stuff that they're referencing. It's not that math, which is objective is racist inherently. It's that the people who make them, who make these things have biases that get filtered into what they're making. Anyway, so he made a video that kind of called out this racism that's happening in uh, this Amazon product. Lo and behold, within a week, Amazon sends him a letter. uh, Right, we're pulling all of your affiliate links because... You are spamming them. Your friends and family are buying your your products, which is cheating the the spirit of the Amazon affiliate links. So we are nuking your entire account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, You're just at the mercy of it. Yeah. Right. So imagine if he actually depended upon these Amazon affiliate links, which there are several YouTubers that that depend on it. The, yes, yeah, and you're dependent. And I have been, to this stage, dependent upon Amazon because all my sales to this point uh, have been online, and it's mostly Amazon, 90% easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, maybe a little bit less now, but it's just it's Amazon. And so, you know, one reason I'm doing the shows is is because of that. And then I've met so many authors at the shows that that's their only they don't have any online real sales or presence. Right. And they're just focused entirely on the shows. And that's really, and they make money and they do very well. But they're also similarly are vulnerable in case anything were to happen to them. Health. All of a sudden, the, the comic book sort of. Uh, Comic Con sort of bubble collapses, which you know, the uh, nobody, none of the studios are gonna exhibit at Hall H this year at San Diego, and that sent a huge shockwave to the other day through all the people. Are like, oh my God, is this is this the end of conventions and all this other stuff? No, it's it's just uh, the studios aren't gonna show anything because they're they're in the middle of a strike, so oh, there's right, there's right. nothing there's nothing to talk about. Um, but you, you just, you, you don't want to be completely 100% dependent on one thing, I think is the biggest thing. And if you have an opportunity to, to get into as many platforms and whether that's social media or what have you, practical, physical ones, you should do it. And, you know, if you're interested in, if you're any kind of independent artist, whatever, of whatever stripe serves you to be even though it's democratizing and it's it opens so many doors you have to there is real value in just the old-fashioned ways of doing it and i i mean the irony is the more you there are so many different avenues to promote your work if you try to do all of them because you need to you have no more time to actually do the work you're spending all your time promoting it yeah and sell it 
Yeah, I think we I think we've talked about it on the pod, but certainly have talked about it off. Um, I am at the stage uh, where I I have too much work for one person, mm-hmm. and so I desperately need uh, someone to help me out uh, logistically with all this stuff. And the last couple of days have just been stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished I finished the first draft of Stargate Messenger Two. I finished a major revision, the last revision, final on Eververse book four in the last couple days, you know, you're like, Oh, you're done. You know, you take a couple days off last couple days have been stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's a full-time job. And each one of these events that I I mentioned at the outset and the newsletter itself requires enormous amount of, uh, work and, and effort. And as you grow and as you, I've been very fortunate to this point where every year now in every book, I'm just sort of leveling up just a little bit with each one the pressures uh, or the workload, I should say, and the pressures that come with it, they increase. So I, I'm well, I'm past the little threshold where the light, the red light's blinking at you and telling is, you know, you're telling you, you need to do something. You need to enlist. Yeah. Right, Cause we talked about this just before we started recording about how yeah. any one person or any one entity has a limit on how far they can go just by nature of the business, by nature of capitalism, there's that you can only go so far with your reach, with your, with balancing time commitments. Eventually you're going to have to expand. And then when you grow, that comes with it, additional costs and additional risks. And like you said, you're fortunate to have been able to scaffold that and, and get it into tears. But some people they don't have that opportunity. They have to go big. Well, I don't know if you have to. There are some, certainly some people that want to. And um, Well, I'm I, thinking I beyond uh, just uh, beyond art, like a lot yeah. of industries you have to, like in order to, sure. in order to make your initial run, you already immediately have to kind of start off big. Sure. Or prohibitively sure, big. Sure, and 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 it is. It's I think in every case, but certainly what you're talking about, it is go big or go home. But um, when it comes to just it's it's you have to balance the two, and it doesn't serve you to be doing all this work. You know that we're talking about if you don't have anything that's supporting it, mm-hmm. and so if I'm not able to write books, and so you I've learned a couple of lessons, and one is is. You have to be somewhat ahead, and so I'm very far ahead at this stage. I'm about two years ahead in my production cycle. Mm-hmm. Not really ahead. I just mean that you know I know what the next two years are, but I know what um, I know what the next three years are. Um, but I I need I need help, and especially if you're going to be having sixteen or seventeen Mastodon accounts, or just variety of social media accounts in general to someone to manage all that and I, yeah. I i know i know authors who hire that out they hire social media managers and they they get a they get a, a college student or thereabouts to do their stuff mm-hmm. and if you're if you're like me and you're not particularly suited uh to doing that stuff it maybe makes sense for you to hire somebody who is good at that and you know um the, you know there was an ex- <laughs> Book talk on TikTok is all the rage, and there was there was an experiment at one point. Uh, was it last year, or the year before? With someone impersonated me, 
on the TikTok, which oh, was really? funny, funny for the five minutes. But um, the but so if if it's something's not natural to you or it's not within you know it's not within your capability because you're you have so many other things. The most important thing I think is to have when you reach a certain level um, in the workload is to have somebody to to help you out with that. That's expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's another that's another uh, concern that I have. Um, so um, and that expense it, doesn't tear up; it jumps up. I mean, you're talking up. about another person's livelihood at that point. Yeah, and if if you if you're not if your if your assistant is not your partner or you know a spouse or you know someone like that who's in your life and you you're both this is both your your life and your livelihood. If you're some people like the Sullivans, if 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 that is that's the case and you you you've you've won the lottery in life and Robin Sullivan is your wife, um, then you're doing very well. You're very well ahead in the game. Um. If you're and not George Lucas and Marsha Lucas, yeah, before they, um, sure. Um, if you're not and you do have to hire someone, it's an expense because you got to one, you, you got to pay this person and you got to, you got to pay them appropriately for their work. It, you know, um, it may, um, it, it depends on what the workload is, but, um, in terms of what you're doing, but, uh, you know, it, it has to all sustain itself and all of these things. That's the thing. Um, which is another reason to, you know, build out that platform to be multi-platform and to, you know, to, as a couple people have told me, a couple authors is to, to diversify, <laughs> diversify your income streams. One of the, the uncomfortable parts of all of this, as I learned, as you go along, is that you hear, a, you get to a certain point and you, you transition from like, you know, talking about like, how, how do I tell a good story or how do I write a, a great sentence? And then it becomes like, how do I diversify my income streams and how, you know, it's like shit like that, like the stuff you just never think about. And it's like, you know, having an IP revolver and all this other shit. It's like, you know, um, but I guess I mean, it's good that you Taylor Swift was saying, right? Like the first person asked her, uh, what do you recommend if you want to, be an artist yourself and her for her response was get a good lawyer well it's true unfortunately i you know unfortunately especially if you're an independent author and you're completely exposed you may not you may not uh need a lawyer hopefully if you're lucky you won't need one um but um at some point you'll definitely uh have cause to you should have one i should say Mm -hmm. um um it's an expense it's all an expense. It's all costs money. We've talked about this too. This all takes money and you have to be completely 110% invested and committed and you just have to do it. You have to do it. And you know, if your ROI, your rate of return there, um, if it doesn't, there does come a point where if it's not, you know, there does come a point where it's not economically feasible and all that. That's a completely different conversation than what we're doing. But mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to be invested. You have to be committed, and that and that means being as smart and as nimble and as educated and uh, aware as possible. 
um, as willing to learn as possible, as willing to acknowledge your mistakes as possible, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and just and be willing to shift. And that comes with like the Twitter thing and, and just being, you know, just sort of realizing that, you know, that this part of it is no longer working and it sucks. And I, pro- I will at some point probably no longer be on Twitter and it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. And, um, but hopefully those communities find you find read, read, find those communities elsewhere, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I was going to suggest subreddit, create a subreddit for you, but, uh, Reddit's also going down. So maybe it's better to get a discord server. Discord has its own problems. Uh, I've resisted that. Um, uh, I'm not part of any discord. No, that's not true not really active in any discord servers and um but i know they have their own problems and um everything has its problems that's the thing it's it's i think we all know that it's everything has it nothing is perfect and even Mm -hmm. twitter and what we would consider twitter at its best had severe problems but you and that's you know some people are like well you know like i can't be on this website at this platform anymore and i completely understand that I think you do have to weigh the good with the bad and nothing, you know, nothing you do in connection with your business, with any, any of these things we're talking about, Amazon, Twitter, whatever your platform is, none of them are 100% good. So you shouldn't delude yourself into thinking that, you know, that, that there's any one perfect thing that you can do and that, that will, everything will be good. It won't, you know, um, and so there, I think there will come a point with Twitter where you're probably jumping ship because um, a Twitter is the Titanic right now, and and it's 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 going down. There's no stopping it. So gravity is taking over here. Um, mm. But if something comes along and replaces it and brings us back to where where we were before, more or less, that platform too will have its own problems. Yeah, and sure. it will have its own it will have its own growing pains and you will have to negotiate your tolerance for, for those issues, just as you did with Twitter before Elon Musk, Mm because Twitter had issues before then. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind and you have to keep everything in mind. And and that's where you need an assistant because (laughs) there's like too much shit to keep track of. Yeah. There's too much stuff. And you need you need you need someone who can say, hey, you know, we're you know this makes sense or this doesn't make sense or we're not doing that or we need to do this or whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Someone who can bounce ideas off of, but who also knows that material. I I think the ideal person in this situation would be someone who has a facility for it and has enthusiasm for it, and. Um, uh, and wants to do it and is good at it and ha- cares about what you're doing, that person would be ideal. And those people are rare. And and you have, you know, and th- there, there's all sorts of, uh, this is sort of going off on a different tangent, but for folks out there who may be wondering, listening, like, how do I, how do I get an assistant? How do I do that? You know, like, there's all these days, there's other platforms, there's Fiverr, there's all these other things that you can go yeah, on. Yeah, like that's the irony, right? Is that you've got to jump on another platform, create an account Every, there. It, and everything try. is platforms. Yep. Yeah. So, 
And that find, is the flip yeah. side of the democratization of ev everything is that you need a platform to do to do it and yeah and 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 that's and it really it's creating your own space it's it's and hopefully that hopefully that space is open and it's 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 invitational in nature but it's creating your own space and that and that's each one of us is, is sort of doing that i think in our own way as mm -hmm. best you can and uh if you have in my case, if you have readers or people who are interested in you, it's, it's making sure that, you know, if Twitter were to disappear tomorrow, um, that, you know, that they can still find you. And so and for whatever and for other people in other in other fields and things like that is is. Um, the, you can find them and, you know, you, the, they're maybe not, you know they're not super active on any one thing they're 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 on everything you have to be on everything it feels like but mm -hmm. but anyway um as you know i mentioned mary spender maybe as we wrap up uh mary i mentioned mary spender earlier one thing mary still does in all of her videos is uh she asks you also at the end of all of her videos to sign up for her newsletter which is probably something that it's someone with her <laughs> uh subscriber base doesn't need to do right Mm -hmm. but she does it why does she do why does she do it she does it for the same reasons that i've been talking about it's kind of a joke now on youtube it's always like and subscribe right everyone says that but the reality is you are still getting conversions from that you're getting conversions and then you're what you're creating a monopoly and then you're exploiting it by doing what by getting them over to another platform patreon or to your newsletter yeah, right. which you, you're you're not really is not really monetized, but it is because what are you doing in the newsletter? You're selling them something, a book, or in Mary's case, her album's coming out. I think later this fall. I think she said October. Mm -hmm. Um, so whatever it is, you're selling something, and you're selling it to them directly, and so it's all about that money, I guess. <laughs> Yay, so. capitalism! Capitalism! <laughs> Yay! Why am I crying? <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for today folks thanks again for joining us once again i'm darby harn and you can find more information about me and my books at my website darbyharn.com i'm also on twitter at darby harn sugu how can they find out more about us in the podcast you can follow us on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can reach us at our email address shelfwarmers at gmail.com Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.